Welcome to the Ephesiology Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the study of the early Christian movement and its implications for the church today. Today we're with Michael, our resident ephesiologist, Andrew Johnson, Associate Pastor at Neartown Church in Houston, Texas, and I'm Matt Till in the suburban sprawl of Chicago, Illinois. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Happy Year. Happy New Year. So This is fun to think about 2021. Yeah, so I, I don't know about you, but I kind of, you know, we, we kind of went from 2020, it is officially behind us, but I think all of the garbage still kind of lingered into 2021. And I, I don't know if like, I was kind of expecting that everything was just going to like, I was going to wake up on New Year's Day, and it was going to be like a whole new world, you know, and everything would have been different. There were going to be unicorns flying in the sky, rainbows to greet me. It was going to be like, I just expected something else. And it's all still there. <laughs> I can did tell I, you I without a doubt, I can tell you that I don't feel different from the last time we recorded our podcast to this one. <laughs> You're hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so wow. new year, 2021, here we go. Uh, I hope we're all ready. We're strapped in. Um, it's not, you know, safe enough to just kind of assume all is better yet, but I think we have our, our sights kind of looking up. I think we're kind of being hopeful, but I thought maybe we could spend this episode talking about maybe our predictions for the church, the missional church, the church on mission for 2021 this year. And I thought maybe we could talk about our predictions and maybe ways that we can be leading our churches or being missionally minded in this new year in 2021. And just obviously, it doesn't even, I don't even have to say it, but I'm just going to say it anyway, but just with the backdrop of 2020, what's behind us and what's being carried through into this year. Um, so who wants to start? <laughs> I'm not even sure where to start necessarily, but um, I know no doubt we have seen seismic changes, rapid changes that have occurred in the previous year. So maybe we should start there. Let's talk about some of the things that we saw that happened to the church in 2020. What's going to stick? What, what do we think that happened in 2020 is going to stick around in 2021 that we're going to have to adapt to? Michael. Well, what a, yeah, that's a great question and, and something that I think that all of us are um, looking forward to trying to figure out what's going to stick. I mean, definitely the online thing is not going to go away. Um, it, we're still in the, the COVID days, unfortunately. There's hope that we're holding out for this vaccine and that uh, that will get us back to some level of uh, normality. But um, but the online thing is going to continue, I, I, I think, um, and and we'll bring that in from, uh, to, you know, this experience with COVID. Uh, and, you know, you think about it, and I think this is important for us to keep in mind, even as we're going into a new year, that, you know, these things haven't taken God by surprise. And so that that, if anything, has kept me encouraged over the past year. You know, all of our lives changed, um, and uh, and and in many ways, uh, th those were good changes. They were challenging changes. Some of them were very difficult changes. Um, but it, through it all, God has shown Himself as being sovereign, 
and he's cared for us uh, through all of those changes. And, uh, and we can rejoice in knowing of his sovereignty and that his sovereignty doesn't change as we're going into 2021. And, but what I'm hoping as we are going into 2021 is that uh, the lessons that we've learned over this past year will come with us and uh, that, that uh, we won't be uh, in a situation where we have to relearn uh, those lessons. Okay, Andrew, so I'm what, interested. Andrew, what's happening what? at, at Neartown? You guys can continue to see the uh, online services continue? Yes. So there's your short answer, <laughs> but hold on. Because I was about to ask Michael a question. I just thought it was uh, uh, fascinating what you said, that you hope that as we go into 2021, we carry with us the lessons that we've learned. So before I talk about Neartown and online and, and what we're going to do or thinking about doing, Michael, what do you feel are some of the most important lessons that the church should, <laughs> should hopefully have learned in 2020 that you want to see carried for? I just don't want to, I don't want to gloss over that and be like, where we all shake our heads and we're like, mm, that sounded good. Well, what are those in specifics? What, what comes to mind? Yeah. You know, I, I, let me put it in, in relationship to myself, what, what I've learned and what I'm hoping to bring into 2021. Uh, one, I've learned of the necessity of innovation. Um, we have got to innovate to be able to engage our culture. And this year, or the past year, 2020, has been a year of innovation. I mean, we've done things that we just weren't expecting to do. And you think about the physiology, you know, we've carried on most of the things that we've done without skipping a beat, but we've added on uh, this, these master classes that we're doing, the degree program that we're offering. Um, we're collaborating now with more organizations than we ever have. And, uh, and those are exciting, uh, but that's all been innovation on our part and thinking creatively. And, and COVID has put us in that position where we had to do that. And, and so I'm hoping that as we're going into 2021, that the church, that we of physiology, but also the church, will continue to think innovatively. How do we engage or re-engage our culture uh, today? And, um, and what is that going to look like? Um, what kind of creative things do we need to be thinking about to uh, continue to, to share the gospel with people in this country and, and around the world? So that's, that's one example of something that, uh, a lesson that I learned that I want to bring into this next year. I think on a, on a um, uh, personal spiritual growth uh, level, one of the lessons that I've learned, and this is something that I've continually have been learning, is, uh, is reminding myself of uh, the, the absolute importance of being theocentric. Um, and I mentioned this a moment ago, God's sovereignty, and that's what this is talking about, God's sovereign. And I wanna bring that into 2021 and understand that the things that are before us that we can't see, that we don't know what will happen, God knows, and uh, he's gonna bring us through. And so I wanna take that lesson with me into 2021. And, uh, and not assume that, that 2021 is going to be all uh, flowery and, uh, and so on, but uh, that God is able 
to address uh, whatever it is that's in our future and that I can still trust him to do it uh, and to carry us through uh, whatever that's going to be. And so that that I bring, that's a lesson that I've learned that I, I want to bring into 2021 um, and, and, you know, in some way see that grow. Okay. So Matt, I'm going to just follow Michael's lead here, but I'm going to pitch it to you. Matt, what are some of the personal, because I really appreciate Michael, by the way, your, your things that are personally that you learned. So it's not so much ivory tower thinking, like we're jumping up and we're, we're saying, this is our declaration. We, the ephesiologists listen to us. I like the personal thing. So Matt, for you, what did you learn personally in 2020 that you want to make sure you carry to 2021? Yeah, I, I think that's a fantastic question to be asking. And, um, Man, I, I'm not, I want to give this more thought, but I initially, um, simplicity and, and that's something I've been, uh, you know, I think the Lord's been working on that in my life already leading up to 2020. And it just gave me permission to go all in on simplicity. <laughs> and so I think there's just a renewed sense of just simplicity, uh, in all areas of my life. Um, not just, um, n- not just in, my ecclesiology, but everything, trying to simplify and clarify. Um, we've also been trying to think through, uh, I think some of the other lessons is, do I know my my purpose? Do I understand my call in this world and in uh, as part of God's mission? Am I really clear on that or not? Um, those are some of the lessons that I've been kind of thinking through and processing through and then leaning into moving into this year. So those are some of the like the key ones that just come to mind right away. And then also kind of being slow to speak. Uh, I don't think I've always done that well. I'm not sure if I'm doing that well now. Um, but I think kind of evaluating and seeing the world as it's playing out and remembering God's big kingdom vision for his world and then figuring out which way is the pathway. Uh, down the middle of it and not getting caught up into uh, politics has been a very big Mm. 2020 and not finding myself getting caught up on one extreme over the other and, um, and trying to walk that narrow road, uh, which I I truly believe Jesus has has invited us into. So those are some of the key lessons that I've, I've taken out of this past year. And, um, and, and I definitely will not, those will not be changing going into 2021. Yeah, those are great. I I love those. And we can't let Andrew escape this question. No, we cannot. No, I, I am not off the hook. Uh, you had stated it, and actually I was kind of like, I probably should put some real thought to this. Um, and Matt, and I appreciate how you framed what you framed. Uh, it's not like you haven't had time since the last podcast. Well, it's like, the, here's the reality. At the beginning of of COVID era quarantine time, I'm trying not to laugh. I'm trying not to laugh. Okay. At the beginning of quarantine. You just threw it right back at you. That was what was so brilliant about it. (laughs) It was perfect. Uh, The, okay. We're not going to edit this out, y'all, but all of us are trying not to laugh ourselves off and I'm trying to be on task. I was trying to say something serious. Okay. So the, the fact of the matter is one of the things I loved and that we loved as a family at the beginning of quarantine time was 
the time that we were spending together. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so Matt, when you say simplicity uh, or simplifying, not so much simplicity, but kind of all the same, I, I think I was able to embrace simplicity a whole lot more on my end. Uh, this is what's necessary at work and all these other things are not. I get to hang out with my kids. I get to want to hang out with my kids. We're going to take walks. We're going to take runs. We're going to enjoy our neighbors. Like I think aside from being locked down into your house, (laughs) aside from that very small thing, we were probably living a life that I wanted to live. And so now um, looking back at 2020 at the end, I think my schedule in my life has started to look like it did before quarantine and I'm not happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I'm, I'm looking into 2021, the kind of the question is how do I re-engage? How do I embrace aspects of the lessons that I was learning, uh, at the start of quarantine specifically? Um, and how can I put that into practice? So that actually I, I'm couching that as this is something that needs to be reanalyzed and, and maybe retooled for myself. So that's a lesson I hope to carry into 2021, and then the second thing, looking at the church, again, this is this is personal for me. One of the things that was most exciting was looking at on our Sunday experience, and so much of what we do, even in in with with good discipleship in mind, we still had so much attention on Sunday, and and that Sunday centric type model. Well, when you take it away, and when you don't have the opportunity to meet as you did you're still left with the question, so how are you discipling? Are you discipling well? Are people being pointed to Jesus? Are they being challenged? Are they being encouraged in their identities and and growing in those identities in Christ? Um, or are, Or have we made our focus on discipleship solely Sunday-centric, which means we've got to rush back to Sunday morning like we always knew it because... Mm-hmm. Uh, we're screwed if we don't. And, um, and now hilariously coming back, uh, at the end of 2020 meeting again weekly due to COVID, not everybody's back. The, the, the way that we thought or expected it to go has not gone like we've thought it. So we're meeting but it still feels like a shell of it, even though we're doing all the same things. And, and I think, and I think Russell would agree, we're doing a whole lot of things better. But what I want to take forward into 2021 is that focus on discipleship, that focus on not just helping others grow, but helping others help others to grow, mm-hmm. taking on that uh flat leadership in a way where we're all kind of owning our part and equipping and empowering other people to own their parts as well and grow closer to Christ and help others grow in Christ and help others who don't yet know Jesus, know Jesus and all of those happy things that we all say. Um, That's what I really hope that as we look forward in 2021 um, that we, we double down on. Um, So that's me. Cool. That's cool. Good. Well, Matt, I know you have a, a list of predictions about uh, th- this coming year. Um, let's dive into those. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a, I got a list. It's been growing. So 
Um, Brian, I got six <laughs> things on there. <laughs> so here might be 12 by the time we're done with the podcast. It will be 12. <laughs> yeah, maybe 20. No, I, so these are some of my early thoughts. Uh, we can check how accurate they were and uh, the prophecy that is going to be fulfilled here in this. No, I'm just kidding. So here are my <laughs> predictions. Um, my first prediction is maybe I'll run through them and then we can, if you want to tag on some of these, we could, we could talk about them. My first one is this. I, I, I think we're going to see, and I'm like you, Michael, we're not getting rid of online at all. That's, that's staying. That's going to stay. So I think we're going to start to see more centralized teaching hubs and virtual online services. And those things are naturally going to rally around the more charismatic leaders and mm. the more well-known churches. Okay. Uh, that will combine with uh, my point number two, and that is we're going to see the largest decline of small local congregations ever on record. I think it's going to happen this year, 2021. Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't happen at the beginning, it'll happen by the end or right away at the turn of 2022. People are going to try to stick it out through Christmas, but that most will not survive. Um, but we've been talking mm -hmm. about that for a while. And I think we've, we've seen some good research on that before. Um, yeah, and there's still research coming out on that. I mean, right. I mean, we're aware of the Barna report of something like 60,000 churches closing, which is just unprecedented, but yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I, that my prediction is that that's only going to continue and accelerate going into uh, 2021. Uh, number three, because of that, and because I think we're going to start to see people kind of rally around more charismatic leaders and centralized hubs, we're going to see increased tribalism. Um, and that's a bit of a negative word, but I think we're going to at least see a lot more. How do you measure that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I think we're just going to start to see maybe, and I guess maybe it's kind of. Well, um, define it first, maybe. What do, you, what do you mean by increased tribalism? I think what we're going to see is we're going to start to see more in fact, uh, more factions of evangelicalism taking place. I think what mm. we used to see as Protestant and Catholic, then Protestant divides into the mainline denominations, and they don't really work well with each other. And then we see evangelicalism, and then evangelicalism is going to have its um, divisions. I think we're just going to start to see more of that taking place. And actually, I think it might start rallying around more. I think we're just going to see the extension of what we saw this year, uh, this past year with um, political tribalism taking place. So I think we're going to see some denominations and some churches are just going to, they're going to dig down deep into politics uh, further. And I think they're going to dig their heels in and they're going to choose their, choose their lines there. Um, Jesus help us. Yeah. Mm. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not painting a very rosy picture at this moment. No, you're not. I'm kind of bummed right now, but well, so not, here no, I no, was great. looking forward next, to 2021. Next, <laughs> next. Move, on, move on. So, but I think that's going to set the stage for a couple of positive things. One of which is an increase in church and ministry partnerships. So I think we're going to start to see more collaboration take place. Uh, some of that will be negative because it will be just kind of around more of this kind of tribalized thinking. But I think there's going to be more positive things that will start coming out of that too. So we're starting to see more collaboration. Churches that were really want to be a part of God's mission in the world. I think the ones who used to not talk to each other or they kind of pretended to talk to each other or they just kind of got along and did things side by side. I think they're going to start to see if we're going to survive and if we're going to be above this mission, we're going to start giving up some of the things that we used to hold on to, and we're going to enter into true collaborative environments. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to set the stage for that going into this year and, and well beyond 2022. I also think we're going to see cult, uh, cultivating significant missional innovation for 2022. So like you, Michael, you're saying like, man, I think 2020 saw some really interesting innovation taking place. I think the real innovation is going to start happening this year going into the following year and beyond, I think we're going to start to see some real interesting things coming out of the church that I think are going to be really a missional minded 
And then finally, we're going to be clarifying our discipleship and mission. Uh, and that's really what you're talking about, Andrew, is mm-hmm. if, we're, if we're just rushing back to Sunday that we're, or, or if we're doing online or we're trying to do these other kind of innovative things, we're going to have to get down to what are we really trying to do? What is our end goal? What does discipleship really look like? And I think we're going to start to see some super clarification. And I think world events will actually dictate that for us. I think it's what we saw last year is the pandemic, our politics, those things I think only helped clarify what we've been discipled into and the kind of disciples we're trying to make. And I think the church has really had to ask itself some serious questions as to what are we discipling to? Who are we discipling and what are we discipling them for? And I think that will only further clarify itself going into this year. So I see some really positive things, but I, I still don't, I'm not painting a rosy picture. No, well, I like the last three that you shared. I think that's, that's exciting. <laughs> uh, what we're going to have I think to go I think those, there. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. Is, and I think those exciting things have to come out of a season because of exile. Because the other things happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. the other things happen. And I think those are the things that will start to take place because we have to go through the exile. We're still in it. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, um, thoughts. So the question is, specifically, you say uh, small local churches are going to eat it. I mean, they are just going to, they're going to cancel. They're going to close shop. They're going to say we're done. Um, Does that prediction, is it mitigated at all by the presence and the expansion of the vaccine? Like if more and more people, if, if people feel they were able to hold their breath just long enough to get the vaccine and then uh, return to life as normal, Will the closing of the small local body be affected by that? I, I think I think people will come back. Um, I don't think in full. I don't think you're going to see a successful vaccine rollout. Uh, we're living with COVID for the rest of our lives, probably. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not the expert in that area. I think that we. I think that enough people and the studies that we've seen already that came out in 2020 showed that a third of the church population dropped off and never returned. And that's probably going to, it will be interesting to see as new data comes back. Um, I, I think we know deep down when pastors look at their church congregation, they know who's in, they know who's all in and who isn't. And the ones who aren't all in, this has been the year for them to kind of just say, I'm out, I'm done. I'm going to move on and have my own, do my own thing, whatever that is. Right. I have a feeling that, and plus when we see the tribalism take place, I think you, I think we've lost a significant portion of the church population. I just hands down. I think we've lost them completely. I, I don't think they're coming back. Um, and for some people that, that may, like they've, that, they've just become completely disenchanted with the, yeah, it doesn't mean that they're not necessarily non-believers. I just think that a number, I think you've, we've lost a third to a half of the church population flat out. And, uh, or at least if they're still coming, they're showing up on your online service and they're not giving, they're not tithing and they're not going to get involved. They're not going to serve in your children's ministry. They're not going to do any of that. Um, they may not even get engaged in evangelism. They probably won't actually. Um, I think a third to a half of the church population has, has been wiped out, um, in terms of their engaged, the engaged church population. Let me clarify that the engaged church population, I think is gone. That's, that's my, that's my hunch on this. Mm. Well, well, you know, I would add. I wanted to add two things to your list. They, they, they might be interrelated uh, at some level, but one is that um, because of what we're seeing in terms of the uh, growing belief of Jesus as being a created being, um, 
that that's going to significantly impact uh, the, the church at, at, in some way. Um, I, I think it might be cause to see um, the Jehovah's Witnesses as well as the Mormons grow because that's a part of their doctrine. Um, and so I think they're, I, 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 you know, I think just human nature is that we crave community. We want to be with people who believe like we do. And if that's the growing belief, then people are going to be searching for a place to belong so that they can behave in, in the way in which uh, gives them a, a, an understanding of who they are, their identity. And so there, it could be that we see the Mormons as well as the Jehovah's Witnesses grow um, like they've not grown over the past decade. Um, I'm hoping you might be not, right. but yeah, I'm right. hoping. And it it yeah. seems well, like though this, it seems like 2020 has been, Andrew, I want to hear you on this, but I was just thinking that I think 2020 has seen people's community grow around the politic rather than faith mm -hmm. and religion. So I wonder how that's going to be. I think that's going to be the first place of community. But Andrew, yeah. what do you what are you thinking? Well, I uh, uh, I wish politics as a central theme of your faith would die a bloody and awful death, and uh, I wish we could be done with that. Um, but here is my thinking again: predictions. What happened in 2020 was an explosion, a blowing up, and a, a, a dismembering of all that we knew and were familiar with. And so it was mm -hmm. like, where do I go from my community? Where do I go for my um, close relationships? All of that was threatened and changed. I think 2021 is going to kind of be the year of searching it out. Like, okay, this is kind of this new reality. And I think people, again, uh, maybe for the first time in their entire lives may actually feel the freedom to say, where do I want to go for community? Mm -hmm. Where some of the social strictures that were built around, well, my family goes to church or I was always raised in the church. I think those sort of things have been broken. And, uh, and so now people are asking, where do I want to find my community? And so, Matt, perhaps you're right in this. Um, the local church gathering together as a body, it, it might just eat it on the chin for 2021 because that's going to be the year of, do I really want this? Mm -hmm. uh, but my hope is that at some point, you know, late 2021, maybe 2022, there are going to be a whole host of people that said, okay, I had, I had my time away. That kind of sucked. And mm -hmm. I, and I feel more isolated and separate than I ever have before. Maybe I do want to come back. Maybe I'm going to start looking again and people who never were looking before. I'm not saying they're going to find it on a big Sunday morning show. I'm saying they're going to look for significance in a community of people who love them and know them. And I hope that that is going to be a local church body. Or, or I wonder if it might take a different form, Andrew, not, not so much a Sunday centric as you alluded to uh, a while ago, but some other form uh, where there might be more community oriented uh, groups that gather together for, uh, you know, the, the worship of the Lord and, and so on. Yeah. And I hope so. And I hope for people who are like Heath at the bridge Montrose, you know, and what they're trying to do, I, I think for people who are 
leading out in models that don't look like that Sunday centric form, I, I hope they find their footing. I hope that they are able to thrive and make Christ's name not just known, but to kind of also show all the other people who have poo-pooed this idea and say it'll never work, it can't work, to, to reach an era of saying, okay, it's going to thrive now. And people are actually going mm-hmm. to find Christ and stick with it and invite others to that and be on mission more than ever before. I hope so. I absolutely hope so. Yeah, good. You know, we need to have Heath back on the show. Heath, come back. Come back. Come back, Heath. We need show. you. Yeah, if if I was recording at the office, he would be in the background. Um, I, I actually want to say this now to your point on collaboration. You know, I am fully excited. Um, so before the Bridge Montrose and Neartown Church officed upstairs in a whole bunch of different offices. We had five offices for six people. So we were able to collaborate. We were able to think together. We were able to talk often. But now we have just intensified that. And so we've moved into a new building that's going to be a collaborative space. It's an old school. And um, at present, there are three churches there. Mm -hmm. It might end up being four or five by the time it's done, some parachurch organizations. But now there are six people who represent the Bridge Montrose and Neartown Church, and we in one classroom. And so we are very close to each other. And That's so cool. I'm, I'm on all of Heath's Zoom calls. Like actually my backside <laughs> is on the and all of Heath's Zoom calls, and he'll be on all of mine when we go to that. So um, That's cool. I am actually looking forward to the collaborative nature that is going to be moving forward. I mean, we already have an email going about where we're going to be hopefully discipling and training up uh, people at our churches with all three churches leading out in the teaching together and all three churches are invited. And so we get to kind of lean on each other's um, skills and wisdom and not just, you know, what do I bring to the table? So it's, it's pretty exciting looking ahead. I, I think, you know, and I, and I joined in the, first of all, Andrew, I mean, that's just, I mean, it's amazing stuff as to what you guys are doing and in innovating in Houston. And I, I hope that others are listening and learning from that as well. And we'll be anxious to hear more about how that goes into this coming year. Um, and, and I think that just, you know, Michael, I, I was just thinking back a little bit what you were just saying before, but and, and Andrew too, just about people's hunger for community. Uh, we cannot deny that, that people will be hungry for it. And perhaps, perhaps what will actually begin to happen in the following years to come, 2022, 2023, let's have the long game in mind here, okay? Let's not go for short-term, you know, necessarily the short-term wins. Let's not go just for, you know, just the the, the quick and easy sugar rush. Let's think about this long-term. Perhaps the innovation that we will see will actually be the old that the way that we saw the First Testament, New Testament church begin, the New Testament church in, in, in Ephesus really was forming out of pre-existing community, right? And, and this may be the great reset. This might be, it won't be the total reset, but it's going to be a great reset, I think, for perhaps the new communities to begin. And so I, I think we have to go through the hard seasons. I think there will be the hard season that's going to continue to happen. But I think that's where the missional innovation is going to come. I think that's where the new partnerships are going to come. And I think that's where we're going to clarify our discipleship and our missional um, gusto, if you will. <laughs> I think that's all going so to come. So what up. you're saying, Matt, so you're saying Ephesiology, the book, might have a new and fresh and perfectly timed audience just excited to go read it 
because it's here and it's ready for now. That's right, Andrew. Why don't you tell us a little, tell our audience where they can find a copy of Ephesiology. <laughs> you guys are funny. Yeah. That's right. You can go yeah. to Ephesiology.com or wherever books are sold. Yeah. yeah well, um, yeah, I'm kind of taken back by your commercial there, but um, <laughs> make the author blush and lose his mind. That's yeah. the goal of all things. So two things. Well, I th there are many things that are coming to my mind, but two more things that I think we can uh, consider for your predictions list. Um, I mentioned already the the Christological issue. I mean, that is, I think that will be the preeminent theological issue that we have to address in 2021. And we really need to get that issue right. Where are we seeing um, that growing, by the way? What what circles are we starting to see that? Yeah. And I had to double dovetail on this, Michael, uh, with what Matt's asking. When was, uh, okay, so like everybody talks about in COVID, right? And they say, in these troubled times. When were times not troubled? And so, so with that, <laughs> then... When was Christological issues? When was that never the thing? Like, isn't that always the thing? Isn't there just a new attack on who Christ is and new fallacies being told about him? That's always the center of things. How is that any different now? And, and Michael, why is the sky blue and not green? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it's different though, Andrew. You're right. I think historically speaking, Christ has always been the crux of our problems or our issues. That not he's not the problem or the issue, but our uh, trying to understand who he is and how we communicate who he is to the culture has been our uh, challenge. And um, and I think that uh, the, how that has changed today is that we have this huge population of those who call themselves evangelicals who no longer believe that Jesus is actually God. And so we, we've got to think about how do we address that? Um, if we can address it, how do we bring those back into a proper understanding of who Jesus is? Um, so I think that, that that's going to be a high priority for us as we go into 2021, or it should be a high priority uh, for us. Um, I think, too, um, you guys both have touched on this in the language of discipleship, but I would put it in the language of ecclesiology. And we've talked about, you know, the adjustments that are going to be made with the, the churches and maybe small groups and maybe these larger uh, online entities. But our ecclesiology has got to adapt in this year, or we're going to find ourselves in a really hard place as we come out of 2021 going into the future. And so something has to uh, uh, be adapted ecclesiologically, and we need to do that. It's time for that. We, we've been using the same model, the same attractional model for our churches for the past 30 years. And, um, and we're seeing a decline in churches. And so if we don't innovate here, then, uh, you know, we're, we're just uh, propagating the definition of insanity, trying to do the same thing and expect different results. So ecclesiologically, we need to do some thinking and innovating. And then, uh, and I think along that line, this is something that we've been talking about a lot, that we have to, we must see a shift from pastor-centric leadership to uh, flatten leadership, 
or let me put it this way, from pastor-centric to apest-centric leadership. And here's one of the concerns that I have is that in the church planting world today, we're giving much more, and this is a positive thing, we're giving much more attention to the apostle and the apostolically gifted people. Um, And I think that is a reaction to the pastor-centric focus that we've had over the past three decades. But my concern is, is I think that this could be a pendulum swing. Pendulum swing. Yeah, that we're going from pastor-centric to apostolic-centric, when we really need to be apest-centric and have a good understanding of what that team is, what it looks like, how it functions, and how it equips the body of Christ for works of ministry. Mm, And so that's got to be a part of our ecclesiological uh, uh, shift, Mm -hmm. if you will. And then the third thing that I would add here um, is that, and this might fall in line with what you're talking about, Matt, as tribalism, um, but we're going to see something happen in the area of social justice. Um, And it's going to, I think it will be major. Um, we're, we're prepped for it. We're, we've come out of not just a, a politically tumultuous time, but a, a socially tumultuous time with the, the number of racial issues that have uh, made themselves even more prominent and distinct in our community, in, our, uh, in North America today. In fact, this is not just a North American thing. This is a global thing. And so uh, we have... Uh, we, as a, as the church, have to think more concretely about what social justice is and how we engage it. And uh, and it, so, yeah, so I think that'll be another uh, part of what we need to be looking forward to in 2021. So I think what I hear you saying is that we need a rediscovery of the missiological theocentric vision of the church. Am I right on that? Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, where would somebody be able to read one up? Or chapter two yeah. of Ephesiology <laughs> as a book available wherever your fine books are sold. Uh, you guys are funny. No, but yeah. what I, th- I think we're serious though about this. And, and I, I think we are sensitive enough to, we're, we're joking obviously, um, but I, I do believe that the Lord has brought us together and has been working uh, through, uh, I just think the world now, and just even what we're seeing and how we've been communicating and talking and, and leaning in um, there is something astir. There is something happening, I think in this world. And and what has been 2020 is only going to move into 2021. It's only accelerating. It's only move. It's, you know, time is linear. It's not just going to go back you know, we, we can't go back and make America great again and the church again um, the way it was, because what was is what was where we're moving is we're moving forward and, and we're progressing in time towards God's final ultimate plan, whatever that may be. Um, and so we have to learn to be a part of that journey with him. We're sojourners and we're following uh, the, the great shepherd, uh, the, the one who's gone before us in Christ. And so 
we our job is to pull other people on in that journey and to get on that program. And I think I think we're going to learn some some really hard lessons continuing into this year, going into the following years. And I think whatever we've been holding on to, that that the Lord's like, get rid of that, uh, drop that. You, you you brought way too much luggage for this journey. It's time to start throwing stuff overboard. I'm thinking about the journey when Paul was shipwrecked and he's. Um, you know, they, they started throwing everything all overboard. Um, and then at some point, you know, uh, the, the chief uh, um, uh, Roman officers, like, let's start throwing the prisoners overboard because they're not going to make it. And Paul's like, hold on. No, we're going to keep, they're all going to, we're all going to make it, but this ship's going down, mm-hmm. but let's get rid of everything else. You know, and it's like, we're going to get through this journey together. So the shipwreck is still, we're in the middle of the shipwreck, I think, in, in many regards, in terms of Western um you know, uh, ecclesiology in, in Western Christianity. And, and so we're going to, we're going to get washed up on shore. It's going to be a hot mess, but, um, you know, I, I think, you know, getting lost on Padmos may not be the worst thing ever. So, uh, we're going to see how God's going to work in, in that and, and through that. I know. And, and what's that. so important about that, I'm sorry, Andrew, to interrupt, but I can't help but, to point us to, uh, Paul's theocentrism. I mean, he he was able to say those things because he was so connected to God. He heard from God that they're he, they're not going to lose anybody, and so that has got to be our posture in 2021. That we need to seek hard after the Lord and hold on to Him in the hope that's in Him, and uh, and He's going to pull us through. Yeah, never try to interrupt an ephesiologist. I mean, when you do. <laughs> He will just push everybody aside like George Constanza running from a potential fire in the hand. Um, so I, I'm all I was going to say is along those lines, Michael, that missiological theocentric focus as more church leaders, whether you be the A P E S or T on that at your church, the more people embrace that, I think we're about to, if we're going to talk about predictions. The more people embrace that, the smaller our churches might become in the in the in the intervening times. Because when church leaders start saying it is about growing closer to Jesus, it is about making more disciples, it's going to be through you all as faithful believers. And if you don't think that's for you, then we have a question for you about your faithful mm. believing status. Uh, people might bolt. They're just those comfortable, uncomfortable conversations are going to lead them to leave. And you know I mean, what? I will say hypothetically, yeah. well, not hypothetically, in Neartown Church's history, there have been people who have left because we talked too much about people needing to come to Jesus. And because we talked too much about needing people to actualize that in their own lives. And they mm-hmm. said, well, we're you know, when are you going to talk about growing in Jesus? Like that. Uh, yeah. So. Well, you know what? It's a, it's a both and, isn't it? And, and one thing that we know just from sociological studies is that those religious groups that hold strongly to convictions and they inspire their people to those convictions are the ones that grow the fastest. And so I, I, you know, there's something in me that says that if, if in fact we can catch this vision of an apex centric leadership that's pushing leadership and pushing ministry responsibility out to everybody, and everybody is being empowered to multiply disciples, then we have a very good chance 
of seeing the gospel spread in an unprecedented manner. Um, if, if we can catch that vision. And I don't mean to call people dross <laughs> because that seems awful mean, but I think there will be a falling away of some people while others are being drawn to that. So I'm with you, Michael. I am, I am totally with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the hard thing is too, is that we don't want to go through the shipwreck. We want to avoid that. Um, we have, we have created institutions that prevent that from happening actually. And I think realizing that we're just going to have to kind of go down with the ship for a little bit and uh, some jumped, you know, overboard early others, you know, held onto the final plank. Um, and, you know, uh, whatever way that looks like, we're going to hopefully be all on shore again. And uh, there's going to be a local tribe that's going to be waiting for us. That's going to, you know, bandage us up and light the fire for us and feed us. Um, mm. And that's a humble, humble position to be at as a Westerner, as a white Westerner uh, who's in uh, white Christendom. I, I think we have to just kind of come to terms with that, that perhaps the ones who are waiting for us on the other side are, are not what we expected. And, um, we got to get through that fear and we're going to just have to go through with it and then, uh, be theocentric in our, in our vision and being like, this is going to end up okay. And actually we're going to be able to do some real, real honest ministry here as well, too. So we actually need to become humble. Is that, is that something you're advising, Matt? How dare you that we don't have all the answers? No, I know. I know. Well, you know, and I, I think I brought that probably from uh, a few of our other friends like Jeff Christopherson and, um, and then also uh, Alan Hirsch. I know they've, they've, speaking, they've spoken on this before and as well as plenty of others, but I just, I'm seeing it more and more, you know, and, and realizing why I think there's really something here that we've, we, we really don't know humility like we, we thought we did. But um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I think this can be an interesting, this is gonna be an interesting year for sure. And, uh, and I think an exciting one. Um, I think there are going to be some real exciting things that are going to take place. And, um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, but realizing too, that just try to be grounded in the reality. So any last words, guys? You know, I, well, I'm, I think we're ending on a good encouraging note. I'm, I feel a little more optimistic uh, about what we're, what we're doing. I I think one word though, that, um, of uh, wisdom, maybe. Um, I still have a gray beard. Maybe there's a little bit of wisdom here. But uh, one of my concerns as we do go into 2021 is um, being aware of pendulum swings. We do this historically because we are so reactionary to things that are going on in our culture. And so we need to moderate those pendulum swings and really think deeply about how we're going to engage uh, as we go into 2021 and um, and be wise about that. Really seek the Lord about how uh, we can step into the opportunities that he has placed before us. Well, and that's so wise and at the same time so hard because we don't always have a big sign above our actions that are saying, you have swung too far. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're, we're in the moment of something, we realize our error, and we're trying to course correct. Um, there is a and- friend of mine who has written the book, uh, Two, Degree, Two Degrees of Change, Two Degrees of Difference. I'm going to have to look up Dr. Trent's book again. But what he's talking about is if you're in a car 
and you realize you're going the wrong way, the best way to course correct is to not whip the wheel around to go the opposite way because that's a real fast way to kill yourself and flip your car. Um, but it's those two degrees of difference. It's the subtle change moving back towards a, a, a healthier, moderated existence, moving back towards something that is right if you are pointed in the wrong way. Um, and as much as I love his book and I love that imagery, I also know in the, sometimes in the midst of all that's going on, you don't have a big sign that says you've gone too far. This is too much. You, you put too much energy or thought or um, now you're hanging towards the wrong direction. Um, so I think we're going to need to make sure that we are humble as we go into this year and we're going to have to lean on each other to say, these are some Man. of the things I'm doing. Can, can I have some feedback on this? Will you yep. speak into this? Um, we can't be silos. Please, please, please. The year of no silos. And like we, like we love to say at Ephesiology, is we, we want to do theology and community. And, we, and this is the time that we want to, we need to do that and take that seriously. That's great note to end on, guys. And uh, thanks for a great episode and, and for chatting today. And uh, thank you to you, our listeners, for doing theology in community with us here on the Ephesiology Podcast. It's what we're all about. We're glad that you are part of the growing Ephesiology global community. You can learn more about Ephesiology and get access to free missional resources for you, your church, and leadership teams at Ephesiology.com. So for Michael, Andrew, and myself, we'll talk again next week right here on the Ephesiology Podcast.